Set Phasers, a highly illogical Star Trek podcast. Well, hello, Aki. And hello, Stevie. And how are we today? We are lovely, coming at you from Oklahoma City's Criterion Something or Other Center. Sounds like fun. Yes, very fun. Hopefully you won't hear people cursing and screaming uh, just outside the door because they are building a stage. Mm -hmm. And if you are a patron of ours, you can watch this. This is exclusive video watching only for our Patreons, going directly to you when we record it. So you are getting super early access as and when we do it. This is exciting. This is new. But if you are a patron, you can now see us as we are. And you can see Aki in his green room. Yeah. And also, I could be interrupted at any moment by who knows who. Yes. And that is the beauty of editing. So true. Anyway, it is a new day. It is a new dawn. It is a new trek. And hence, we are here. We're here. To talk about Lower Decks Season 2, Episode 9, entitled Wejdush, I guess. And it's star date 32910.9. You know what? I think it's a pretty laid back day for the Cerritos crew. Nothing exceptional happens. It's weird. It's a penultimate episode for the season. Just a super laid back episode. I love this episode. I don't, I, I would hesitate to say it was one of my favorites if not my top favorite, my top favorite, my favorite, in fact. Your top favorite, yeah. yes. Well, listen, I mean, they did, they took the Lower Deck concept and they took it to its full maximum. Mm -hmm. Warp 9. They took it to Warp 9.9. 9.9. The theoretical limit of, of well, warp, I think 9.95 is the theoretical limit of Warp. Feel free to correct me, Star Trek nerd. <laughs> of which there are many. Um, all yeah. right, well, should we run it down? Let's run it down. It's time to run it down. Can you run it down for me? What just happened? Can you run it down for me? Okay, yeah, let's run it down from Oklahoma City before... Someone starts playing drums. So no pre-credit sequence. We get right into the episode. And as I said, it's a very late back day for the Cerritos. They're beginning a long warp, about 12 hours. And so Captain Freeman has instituted some R&R for the crew. It's a day off. Uh, and so when we find the Lower Decks crew at 7 forward, which is what I'm calling their bar, uh, mess hall, uh, Boyan was like, what are we going to do with our day off? You guys want to play some Stratagema? But everyone's got things going on. Tendi's been invited to do something on the holodeck with Dr. Tiana because she's trying to build some rapport there. Rutherford is supposed to be trying a soup recipe that Billups made and then also doing something with Shax later. And Mariner's having like a mother-daughter day with uh, Captain Freeman. So everyone's hanging out with what, Brim what Boimler calls their bridge buddy. And Boimler's got nothing going on. So they say, like, hey, Boimler, why don't you, you know, try doing something fun? And Boimler says, well, I'd love to, but, like, you know, 
it's uh, going to be tough um, finding a bridge partner to hang out with. And he's like, I wish I was on a, like a Klingon ship in the Lower Decks. And they're like, do you know what a Klingon ship Lower Decks is like? And of course we don't. But fortunately for us, we go directly to a Klingon ship Lower Decks. Uh, so we go to the Klingon ship Cheta. And we actually didn't get names for this. I guess I could have Googled it, but I didn't see, I didn't look at the credits long enough to find out what everyone's names were. So I had to go by how they were. So anyway, it's a bunch of Klingon cadets in the lower decks. They get punched awake. Similar vibe to the lower decks crew, except it's a Klingon ship. It's dark, it's dirty, it's dingy. Everyone is angry. And And they have hammocks. They have hammocks. They're concerned with honor. And one of them, the Boimler type, I would describe him as, is excited that he's going to get to spend the day on the bridge. And there's a Commander Tog who's been very dishonorable, disrespectful to the captain. He thinks he can step in and take out Tog and become the new, uh, like, first officer of the ship. And uh, he says it's a logical decision. They all start making fun of him. Ha, 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 logical. What are you, a Vulcan? You want to hang out on one of their science ships, you loser? And they're like, could you imagine being one of those Vulcans? And they make a joke. Ha, ha, avoid death and cower. <laughs> and then we flash to a, a Vulcan ship, the Vulcan ship Cheval. Uh, and we have the lower decks there, and they are doing <laughs> Vulcan things. They're just in a science lab discussing things in very uh, platonic tones. Uh, one of them, uh, Talin, we do actually get a name for her, uh, discovers an anomalous energy surge in one of the areas, but it's outside of the parameters of what she should be searching, and so she's sort of admonished by her crew for going above her station, but she says she feels, underscore feels, that this is important, and that she should mention it to the captain. And when she leaves, they say she's lost all control. Of course, she never raises her voice or does anything outrageous, but you know how Vulcans are. Back on the Klingon ship, uh, captain gets on the bridge. Commander Tog tries to make his move. They fight. Tog is killed by the captain when he's stabbed with the ritual knife. And he, captain says, the new first officer will be whoever impresses me the most today. And then he tells the cadet we saw before to drag the body off. And the cadet is, uh, has a little trouble dragging out the heavy body of Tog. Back on the Cerritos, Boimler is looking to grab a bridge buddy. So he's, he uh, goes and tries to talk to Keishan, the Tamarian from episode two. Uh, and that does not go well because he tries to speak a little Tamarian and apparently comments on uh, Keishan's physical appearance. So he <laughs> drops in on Rutherford and Shax, who are doing some pottery. And he tries to, like, chat up everyone, thinking, you know, he's like, hey, so Shax, did you learn how to do that on Bejor? On Bejor? And uh, Shax uh, gets very, very upset uh, and uh, deals with the feelings of rage that he has from having been in the resistance. And uh, Rutherford tells Boomer that he has to run away, otherwise Shax will get super upset. And uh, Rutherford is able to calm down Shax and get him to go back to making pottery. Uh, back on the Klingon ship... Um, the Klingons are like the high, they're doing what bridge officers do when they're not on the bridge, just eating grok and blood wine and getting drunk and talking about conquest. And they're watching the captain's pet Targ uh, be evil and eat a leg of something. Uh, the cadet is still trying to impress the captain, but one of the older Klingons, like typical gray haired Klingon full armor with like one eye uh, says, fetch us more blood wine. And so the cadet has to go get more blood wine. And on the Vulcan ship, Talin is trying to impress upon the captain the importance of her findings. Captain's like, this is not something you should be checking out. She's like, I had a gut feeling. The captain's like, I don't like your gut feelings. But he's convinced on the evidence that uh, they should change headings to check out these anomalous readings. 
but he tells Talyn that her punishment for uh, being so impetuous is uh, two days of meditation, not to work, just meditate and, and get back in self-control. Back on the Cerritos, Bormler drops in on Ta'ana and Tendi. So what they had planned was they're doing a little rock climbing, Ta'ana and Tendi. So he grabs some hover boots uh, on the holodeck and goes flying up to meet them. And uh, he says he thought he'd hang out with them. But then, of course, his hover boots short out and he plummets to the ground. Uh, incidentally, he's wearing a shirt that says, go climb a rock, which I thought was very funny. Uh, anyway, so that doesn't work out. Uh, as he's walking back to his room, he drops in on Mariner and Captain Freeman in one of their holodecks, and they are having an extremely uh, vicious and personal mm-hmm. mother-daughter fight about interpersonal things on the bridge, so on and so forth. But also, while they're doing that, they're doing, like, target practice and shooting, and it's very vile, very Mariner and Freeman. And Bormley runs away from that. As he walks into the turbo lift, he runs into Ransom and two other officers, and they're talking about having been from Hawaii, and Boimler joins in the conversation, not knowing that they're all from Hawaii, and they think that he is. And they say, hey, we're hanging out later on the holodeck in Hawaii to remind us of home, and so he goes along with it, so he's going to hang out with them later. Back on the Klingon ship, uh, the cadet brings back the blood wine, and the old Klingon passes out on top of him, and the captain tells him to walk his pet Targ because it needs to pass the the leg that it ate. On the Vulcan ship, Talyn is meditating, and then her fellow Lower Decks people come in, and she's actually working on the sly on her program, whatever it is, and they say, you should stop working, you're supposed to be meditating. She says, I want to finish this in order to move on to more interesting projects. That's what I would like to do. And she says she enjoys her projects and wants to learn more. Uh, they say that her rebellions continue and that she's not fitting in, that she should get checked out, and everyone's noticing how she doesn't fit in. And she says, well, I don't care if they notice she says, I wonder if they notice how little I am concerned. Um, back on the Cerritos, uh, they're hanging out in their bunks, I guess, in between events. Rutherford, I noticed, was playing with the DS9 model on his bunk. Well spotted, yes. Yes, of course. I can see DS9 <laughs> miles away. I'm sure you would. Mariner has to report to the captain. Rutherford and Tendi tell Boimler, like, hey, maybe you should tell them that you're not from Hawaii so you don't get caught in one of your weird strings of lies that end poorly for you all the time. And Boimler does not do that. He puts on a Hawaiian shirt, goes to the holodeck, and starts hanging out with the Hawaiians. On the Klingon ship, the captain is drinking blood wine. Oh, I think I found out here that his name was Captain Dorg. Uh, he's drinking blood wine and listening to Klingon opera, and he's in his dark room. And uh, the cadet comes back with the targ, and the captain throws his glass against the window as Klingons are wont to do. And he's worried that the Klingon Empire has lost its way. The Empire used to be feared in this quadrant. Now people hang out with Bajorans and Vulcans and the Federation. And the cadet sort of like still ingratiating himself with the captain. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's too bad a race of warriors is no longer feared. And the captain says, you know what? Even though you're weaker and smaller and less brave and strong than everyone else on my crew, you have a warrior spirit. You will be my second in command. So he gets that promotion he long wanted. And then the captain is hailed by a packlet ship. And the packlets say, do you have more gifts for us? And the captain says, uh, we'll talk about our arrangement when I beam over there with my new second in command. And as they're walking and talking, we find out that this captain, this has been, this has been the whole the plot of maybe part of season one and all of season two, uh, has been supplying these packlets with weapons and bombs uh, in order to throw the quadrant into disarray and discord. 
in order to sort of bring back the glorious days of, of fire and domination. And so Kapla. Kapla. Klingon Maktajaj. Maktajaj. Klingon Maktajaj. Um, not Wedgdush. Uh, so uh, <laughs> the Cerritos, uh, Mariner and Freeman, uh, Captain Freeman are playing what I think is Space Clue, <laughs> basically. Yes. Uh, in the captain's quarters. And uh, they get an anomalous reading, and they're both super relieved that they have to drop out of wharf and have something to do. But a sweet parting moment as they go. They both admit they had fun today arguing with, and basically getting on each other's nerves. It's their love language. And uh, <laughs> meanwhile, the Klingons beam aboard the Packlet ship. And the pack would say, we need a new bomb because the one that you gave us, we wanted to see how it worked and we used it on an asteroid and now we need the bomb again. And Captain Dorg says, okay, fine, whatever. He beams a new one aboard. Uh, and then the new first officer says, you know, that bomb that they blew up, that would uh, create uh, uh, some some matrion, matrion? Yeah. Matrion particles and it could cause like, you know, people to notice. Uh, and just at that moment, the pack-led version of a red alert goes off, red alarm, and the Cerrito shows up because that was the anomalous reading that they had. The Cerrito shows up. They try to contact the Klingons to provide aid, but the Klingons and pack-leds both arm weapons to start to fire on them. And so everyone has to run from their day-off stuff and all their day-off clothes back to the bridge to start handling business. And uh, Boimler and the Hawaii crew get cut off by some wreckage, and Boimler decides at that moment to tell them the truth because he doesn't want to die with them thinking that he pretended that he was from Hawaii or whatever. And then he realized that none of them are from Hawaii. The two other officers said they were from Hawaii to fit in with Ransom, and Ransom said he was from Hawaii to hit and fit in with his first officer when he was a cadet. Uh, and they're all from Moons, except Boimler, who's from Modesto. So he's still the odd man out, but at least he's told the truth. Meanwhile, back on the Klingon ship, Dorg has, they've they've gone back over to the Klingon ship and on their bridge, and they're, you know, shooting at the Cerritos. He's very happy with all this chaos and discord because now it's starting a war. And the cadet speaks up because he's now second in command. He says, it's dishonorable. Klingons do not let others fight their battles. And Dork just backhands him as Klingons are want to do. It's just get out of my very sister. No, no, no. Now the Packlet chip. Oh, we also get to see the Packlet chip lower decks. They're basically just sitting there being hungry, <laughs> doing nothing. Um, Cerritos is doing evasive maneuvers Shields are like 17% Things are not going great because they're being attacked by both ships And that's when the Vulcans arrive Oh yeah um, And the Vulcans see that the Packlets have Klingon weapons And uh, they are getting attacked And their shields also start to go And then Talyn says hey you know the project I've been working on That you keep telling me to stop Is this regenerative Regenerative shield technology uh, killer warrior Romulan killer nuns and uh, so the captain is once again reluctantly implements something that Talyn has done an innovation or discovery that Talyn has put him onto implements the program the shields are back in good order uh, Dorg meanwhile is crowing over the possible victory and he lets slip that actually he's been doing all this without the Klingon High Council's authority uh, but just at that moment the Vulcan ship disables the Packlet ship and the Klingon cadet fights the captain. And they fight, and they battle, and the Targ is there, and there's a knife, and knife thing, whatever. And then the, he, the captain throws the cadet, he hits the chair, and falls down weakly on the ground, plays possum. The, the captain starts to crow his victory again, and then the Klingon jumps up and stabs the captain through. The captain's eyes go bloodshot. He laughs, and then he dies. 
and then the Cerritos and the Vulcans fire on the uh, the Packlet ship that runs away. And the cadet uh, on the Klingon ship is made the new captain because that's how Klingons are want to name their captains. And uh, he says, let's get out of here. We need to go talk to the high command. So once the uh, Klingons leave and the pack-led clump ship leaves, clump ship, uh, the Vulcans are customarily cold after the victory. They say, do you need any aid? And Freeman's like, oh, that was a close one there. And they're like, all right, we don't need to talk anymore. And they leave. And now we know where the packleds are getting their weapons. And everyone's curious as to why the Klingons left, because Klingons would never leave a fight. And even Shaq says, it seems like they left, like they knew it was not their fight. Uh, and so uh, Freeman says, we need to contact Starfleet Command immediately. Uh, on the Vulcan ship, aftermath, Talyn is talking to the captain, who thanks her for all her hard work and everything that came in a nick of time and helping them uncover this plot. And it says she's being removed from duty because of her impulsivity. And uh, she says, fine, I'll pack my bags and prepare to return to Vulcan. He says, no, I'm recommending you be reassigned to a Starfleet vessel where your weird impetuousness could probably be rewarded. Uh, she thinks that's a bad punishment. And he's like, precisely. Uh, we give me real vibes of uh, um, Enterprise to Paul, mm. uh, who had a similar situation there. Uh, and at the very end, the Lower Decks crew is once again hanging out in the bar, and Boyle was glad that he has his friends, but he's still feeling a little bad. He goes over to the bar to get a drink, and a cadet comes over and asks him to help him because he says uh, he's been having trouble keeping up with his schedule, and he was told by Ransom that Boyle was the most organized person on the ship, and Boimler takes it as like a fish takes the water, and Ransom in the background has a private smile, little far-off tutelage. I thought that was cute. It was very cute. Yeah. And the final scene is uh, Borg Cube 90182's Lower Decks, and it's just Borgs in there, like sleep pods, just sitting there while the credits play. I love that. That was a nice That touch. was great. I was like, I was wondering if Sorry. they were going to do one more Lower Decks thing. That was Season 2, Episode 9, Wedge of uh, Star Trek Lower Decks. <laughs> That's right. There it is. Kaboom. Well, no time oh. to waste. Things might get loud here in, in very soon. So let's go. It has to be longer every time. Easter eggs. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Once again, it's Akin Bermisa at the uh, Lower Decks desk. And we go straight to Stevie Mans in the field at the Easter Egg Desk. Stevie, how's it going today? Well, hi there, Aki. Hi there. Good to be here, hi there. as always. Uh, coming to you live from the Lower Decks set. And uh, we have some great Easter eggs in store for you today. What have you got? I don't know why I sound like a Muppet. I started to sound like Kermit now I'm doing that's, this. That's, I, uh, news, that's news reporter speak. Yes, I suppose so. It's perfect. You're doing a great job. There are. Oh, this was jam-packed with Easter eggs. Like, so many. It sure was. So many. Okay, so, uh, let's see. We had, one of the first ones I noticed was the tooth sharpener in, on the Klingon ship, which I loved. Yes. We had the Targ, which we first saw in the search for Spark. Yes, yes, yes. We had in the Vulcan captain's ready room, we had the Kir Shara in the background. Did you see that? Were you familiar? Mm -hmm. Could you tell me yes. where we saw it first? No, I couldn't tell you where we saw it first. Can you? We saw it first in Enterprise. Yes. 
Awakening. I thought you'd like that because you well, love Enterprise. Very good. I was getting such Enterprise vibes. It's fantastic. Okay. <laughs> the, so when Boimler went into the rock climbing scene, he mm-hmm. was wearing a shirt that said, go climb a rock. Mm-hmm. Are you, could, could you tell me where we've seen that before? No, not a clue. That was in Star Trek Final Frontier. And actually, Kirk himself wore that shirt. Wild. I've I seen know. that forever. Good God. And Spock was wearing hopper boots. Yes, of course. Funky. Didn't put that together. Yeah. Yeah. We also obviously have the target mm-hmm. practice um, with Mariner. Yes, and, yes. you know, through back to TNG, we had Benzite. Yes. We had Mordok. If you remember Mordok from yes, TNG. Yes. Um, a cute little touch that I loved was when Captain Freeman was wearing her, I don't know, workout clothes. It had Ritos yes. on it. Um so and it was a blue shirt, which is obviously meant to to look like the disco yes. shirt yeah. that they wear when they're doing their stuff. It reminds me, I need to buy a new disco shirt. Yes. Now, fun. This was really fun when everyone was running. Do you remember when it was like battle stations, red alert, blah blah blah? Yes, totally. And everyone started running out of wherever they were wearing costumes. Yes. If you pause and you hit the pause button, you see a ton of throwbacks to various different episodes. We see Renaissance outfits, which we think are DS9 throwbacks. Oh, wow. We see the smoking jacket that we think Data wore when he was being Sherlock Holmes. We see two uh, women in leotards, exactly the same as as, TNG uh, with Dr. Crusher and Troy. Crusher and and yes, yes, doing whatever that weird exercise was. Oh, whatever that was. Who knows? (laughs) Space Pilates. <laughs> space aerobics. Space aerobics. <laughs> space aerobics. And I'm sure there was someone wearing Robin Hood. Like, and again, I think we they, they love that, I think, in Lower Deck. So that was um, the ones that I had in terms of Easter eggs. Did you notice anything else? Other, and you got the Rutherford one with the uh, DS9 model. Yeah. I mean, that was just, I didn't even, it's not even pertinent to the story. I just mm-hmm. noticed it was like, ooh, DS9. Uh, which was the gift that Tendi gave him a few episodes ago when yep. uh, they had that whole thing at the party. So it's nice. That was cute. No, I didn't see any other uh, Easter eggs. And so when um, this, I think, was curious, and it's not. So it's kind of an Easter egg, but it's more like a plot thing. So Chulin, our Vulcan, who's who gets th- you know our lower decker who gets thrown off the Vulcan ship. Yes, I reckon she's going to be our new lower decker slash crewmate. Yeah, gotta be, right? Oh, has to be, because there's you yeah. know there's always a Vulcan on board, and we don't have a Vulcan. Yeah, we gotta have a Vulcan who's like doesn't get anything but kind of gets stuff. Oh wait, I had one more, and this was quite a, a fun one. It is. It was a quote, in fact. So when the Klingon captain, I think, yelled, "Cry havoc and let slip the dogs of war," was a Shakespeare quote. Julius Caesar. Indeed, which was used in undiscovered undiscovered country. That is true. I'm out of Easter eggs. There we have it. The end of <laughs> Easter eggs. Back to you in the studio. Well, thank you very much for tuning in to Easter eggs. And let's move on to our next segment, Quotable Moments. Quotable Moments. What did you have? Oh, so I loved Avoid Death and Conquer, which was the Klingons mm-hmm. making fun of Live Long and Prosper. Really <laughs> yeah, that was a good one. I missed <laughs> they that. did like fake... Uh, hand signs. Uh, um, I also enjoyed when Shax blows up at Boimler for asking if he learned how to turn pots on Bajor. Uh, Shax says, you think I had time for anything other than resisting? Fighting fascism is a full-time job. <laughs> and also when Boimler runs away, 
Uh, Rutherford calms down. Shaxi says, put it in the clay, Papa Bear. Put it in the clay. Which maybe I'll just say to people in my real life. Uh, and, okay, that was probably my favorite weird one-liner. Uh, yes, my favorite one-liner is when the cadet comes back with the targ. And the captain's been drinking in his room. And he says, Captain, the leg has been passed. It was an honorable movement. <laughs> I thought that was great. Uh, it was Good really, one. that's such a Star Trek joke. Uh, anyway, yeah, those are my quotes. I also like what Boimler said at the end. That was like more sweet. Uh, when he said, uh, every ship in the fleet depends on officers like us to keep it running. The bridge is maybe the ones you hear about. But trust me, the real action is on the lower decks. Mm-hmm. No, that was good. I yeah. had two that you didn't mention, and the first is so when the, they're doing the clay pottery making, Boimler walks in and you hear Shaxx talking, and he says, "Take your never-ending bonfire of rage and put it into the clay." And my second favorite quote was um, when Mariner is having a fight with her mom and they're doing the target practice and she says uh, maybe I'll tell them to adjust the environmental controls to help with your hot flashes oh boy yes this is one of my faves I I was I was gonna write down some of those quotes but it was just such a crazy scene <laughs> that I left it yeah. alone but thank you for taking that one out you've got it Whew. well is it time it's time for next time. Next time on Set Phasers. Well, next time on Set Phasers, we'll be doing this again live. We don't know where either one of us will be, but we're going to be doing the season finale of season two of Lower Decks. Should be excellent. Seems like it's going to be something with the pack leads. Very exciting stuff. Uh, if you Thank you for joining us. Uh, and if you liked what you heard, uh, you can certainly check us out. We drop new episodes every Monday when there's Star Trek to talk about. And uh, um, yes, find us wherever you get your download, your podcasts, and, and we'll be there talking about Star Trek. Absolutely. And please rate and review. The more we are reviewed and shared, the more people hear about this wonderful Trek stuff that we do for fun and want you guys to be a part of and uh, don't forget to follow us on set phasers and at set phasers podcast on the instagram and facebook yes meme game strong yes meme game strong did you like my last one i did very good stuff you. you're really you really step things up thank you uh it's called being unemployed yeah <laughs> <laughs> if you if you're if you're digging this in general listen uh, people are watching this live right now. You're listening to it after the fact, but if you want to support us in our continuing mission to discover what Star Trek has in store for us, you can support us by going to patreon.com slash setphasers and becoming a member of our Patreon group there. That means you'll get to listen to these live and hear all of our technical snafus. Yep. And, uh, Early access. And also, yeah, you get all the access. You get to see everything. Yes. This table's too high and this chair is too short. So it's just my head today. It does look like a captain's chair behind you today. I have this I, this is the only <laughs> chair I could find. <laughs> I scoured this whole building for a chair. Yeah. Oh, and we've got our Netflix watch. I can kill a warrior Romulan nun. We've got our Netflix watch party coming up soon. We've yet to figure that date out, but it is coming up soon. So join us for a Netflix watch party where we all get together and watch Trek online. It should be a delightful. Maybe it'll be Enterprise. Ooh. Um, 
I don't know if people are into it or whatever. <laughs> oh, and we want to say a big thanks to all of our patrons. Um, a big, big thanks. Shout out to Kyle Jaster. Our, uh, is, he, is he our second in command? I feel like he might be a commander or a lieutenant. Yeah. Wherever he's at. I think he's a commandant. Commandant. Okay. Commandante. Well, that's uh, when you get shout outs as a patron as well. So, well, until next time, I am Stevie Manns. And I am sleeping in a board cube. <laughs> and this has been Set Phasers, a highly illogical Star Trek podcast. Computer. And program. Mm-hmm.